Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. And it's time for the playoffs. Means football is reaching its precipice for the year once again. It's a sad time, but we cannot think about the negativity here. We must only embrace the awesomeness that is the NFL playoffs and January football. Uh, Each and every one of these games will be intense and very much uh, competitive. Oh, wait, we've got three backup quarterbacks playing and then Geno Smith, and then the the Giants. Uh, it's actually not a very great first round of the playoffs, but still the playoffs nonetheless. And I think there's some value in some of these games here. How are you doing, though, Danny? I'm I'm good. I'm feeling good. I am a bit sad that college football is over, but uh, just over 200 days until the next season starts. Got to... Got a fresh uh, postseason slate awaiting us. Going to be some good games. Going to be some bad games. Going to be going to be fun to watch though. I'm excited and, for it. And the uh, the Browns the Browns did not beat the Steelers. <laughs> so we go on to the offseason on a good note. Oh, it was so good. And we will start with the Steelers, and then we will get to our segments, and then we'll break down all the games at the end with our picks. So the Steelers, yeah, ended on a good note, definitely climbed the mountain, so to speak, uh, in the latter half of the season. The The biggest question mark left for the Steelers is, oh, well, let's just touch on the Browns. The Browns are in just absolute shambles. They, they don't know what they're going to do at really any position of their organization. They are a mess. They're... They have to be just deeply regretting paying all that money for him. And they're they're definitely thinking he's going to be fine once he gets a full season to prepare. But I don't know. I don't see that happening because you cannot build a great team around the guy who cost you that much money, as we've already went over when this first happened. Deshaun Watson is a really good quarterback. He isn't a quarterback, though. Like, there's only really two, three guys in the league that can just carry the team, and it's Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow. Deshaun Watson was never on the level of those three dudes, yet he was flashy. He's fun to watch. He is dynamic. He's basically Lamar, a version like Lamar Jackson, who was MVP. But just like Lamar, he can't take you to the promised land. He's not going to win you these tough games in the winter outside in fucking January when it's time to- when it's time to ball out. I just don't he's never proven that before in the past. So before we get to the Steelers, do you have anything else about the rest of the AFC North? Uh, I disagree with the with the Deshaun Watson take. I mean, he's he, I think he's much better than he he definitely is much better than Lamar passing the ball. He's I think he's definitely a guy that can uh, take you to that next level and uh, win some playoff games. He has won at least a playoff game before. Um, not as dynamic as Lamar running the ball. But the thing with Watson is, you know, obviously shaking off the rust, the legal situation, 
hadn't played in two years. I, I didn't expect him to look good. Certainly didn't. Still flashed his playmaking ability. Steelers sacked him seven times, but uh, could have been a lot more. He he did make a lot of plays in that game. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, with a full off season and, you know, him being fully, like, up to speed, what they can do next year. Problem is, they they paid a lot of players, a lot of big contracts, some that don't really deserve their cap hit next year. So tough cap situation for the Browns. It'll be tough to really bring in any more you know, big name talents to kind of complement the pieces that they have. They are going to lose a little bit. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do for next year. I don't really have high expectations for them next year, but I think Deshaun will be a lot better. As far as Pittsburgh, I mean, we can we can jump into Pittsburgh. What do you what do you want to talk about the the Matt Canada situation? Yeah, that's pretty much the only big question mark. Like Devin Bush is definitely gone. I think they're going to use their first three draft picks, which all come before 50. Uh, or maybe ours is maybe right around 50 to 60, our second round. But you know, t- three good draft selections. I think we need to fill both sides of the line, offensive, defensive line, and then either a linebacker or a defensive back, cornerback. Um I think those are what you need to spend your top three picks on. So that that is what it is, though. It, that all will shake out much later in the year. I have no clue about college prospects, really, and who, who's going to be available around our picks. But the biggest question mark as of right now is do we keep Matt Canada, who did improve over the year, but has shown that he is not really a pro level offensive coordinator in that he cannot make adjustments in the quantity or quickness as one would need him to to be you know a good at his job or elite at his job and then two every team we played the other players were saying the Steelers have a super predictable offense and I get that you're trying to were the offense was simple for Kenny Pickett so I think Matt Canada, (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this, Matt Canada should be the OC next year, and his contract goes through next year anyway, so the Steelers almost never cut a guy's contract short unless they are severely underperforming. Matt Canada showed that he got a little bit better. If he can take strides with Kenny Pickett, it would be a nice progression together of OC and quarterback coming from the college game and kind of growing in the NFL together uh, towards something special. But he's on thin ice. He's on the hot seat for next season. And I don't think there's anyone else better available who would really want the job at the moment, at least. Like, I absolutely not for Cliff Kingsbury. That would be a disaster. That guy is a disaster of a coach. And, and then, uh, I have Brian Leftwich is the other name I heard tossed around, and we all saw how the Bucks offense did this year. So I don't want either of those guys in in place of Matt Canada. I don't think that's like a home run upgrade. Uh, you're not hitting a jackpot with either of those two guys. And Frank Wright, I, people keep saying that on Twitter. You're stupid. He doesn't want to be an offensive coordinator. He said that. So I think that's all I got. What, it, what do you think? I think it's weird that we're going to kind of – 
agree a little bit on this. I didn't I didn't expect uh you to say that. I didn't you know, I didn't think I didn't expect you to say that you want him back. I'm not going to go that far to say that I want him back. I just don't think that, you know, firing him is going to solve anything. Yeah, has it been bad? Yes, he's been very bad. But, you know, we keep firing all these coordinators on both sides of the ball. They've, they've gone through such a carousel of, of assistant coaching changes over the past decade, and the team continues to be plagued and plagued and plagued by the same problems over and over and over and over again. So Matt Canada might be absolutely terrible. He also might not be, and, you know, we'll kind of never know. You know, they fired Bruce Arians, they fired Todd Haley, they fired Randy Feekner. And you know, so what are we what are we doing with with Matt Canada? Like Steve said, the the offense did start to kind of show signs of life at the end of the year. They did obviously have to keep it simple for Kenny, who himself started the show flashes was still very inconsistent. Um, you know, I flashed the stat. I don't know if I ever put it up on the on the podcast Twitter, but over a, until before the Browns game, over a three game span. I'll see. I'll, I'll come back to this later because I'll try to find those stats. Is is bringing in is constantly changing offenses going to help Kenny or hinder Kenny? You know, it's, I don't think it's going to be beneficial for his development. So I think keeping that same system will be good for Kenny. So I'm kind of neutral. I mean, I I don't know that he's a good coordinator, but I don't know what benefit firing him already is going to do. Uh, for the Steelers, and then again, it raises the question of, well, who do you replace him with? I do think you know you you talked about the the Bucks offense this year being bad, but since Byron Leftwich went there, that offense has been phenomenal until this year, which I attribute mostly due to injuries. So I'm you know I would I would if Byron Leftwich I don't know I don't know why he'd be he would want to leave I don't know I don't know that he would actually want to come here. But, you know, if he did, I would I would love Leftwich as an OC. And I think OC, I think Cliff Kingsbury as an OC would be a good niche for him. I don't think the guy's a good coach, but he is certainly a, a creative offensive mind. Never been a winner, you know, where he's gone. You know, with Mahomes at Texas Tech, they still sucked somehow. But his offenses have always been explosive. So, you know, it, it boils down to who... Who's going to be a better option than than Matt Canada? You know, if you fire another offensive coordinator and you just replace him with some other bum off the street, like what's that really going to do for you? <laughs> but um, yeah. So talking about Kenny showing flashes until the until the Browns game over his past three games, this is including. So there's a gap in there that the the Carolina game that he missed with the concussion from his last three games outside of the final two minute drill. He was 29 for 52, 273 yards, and an interception. That was a 62.4 rating. He led zero touchdown drives. Zero touchdown drives that Pittsburgh scored in those three games with him outside of the final two-minute drill. Inside that final two-minute drill of those, of those two games, which was two, or of those three games, which was just two opportunities, um, so you had the... Uh, the the Christmas Eve Franco Harris game and the Ravens game. Uh, he was in those two two minute drills. Kenny was twelve for fifteen for one hundred thirty nine yards, two touchdowns, and an one hundred forty four point nine rating, and obviously two touchdown two game winning touchdown drives. So it's phenomenal how you can just go three entire games without leading a single touchdown drive, except for when you get the ball with two minutes left. 
So Kenny definitely has that, you know, that that it factor, that clutch kind of gene in him, which is which is good to see. He has shown some flashes. The offense still completely sucked with him. Um, Tomlin still, you know, this is his fourth year out of the past six where he's failed to win a single challenge. Had several right in his fucking face opportunities the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks. He had the horrible, horrible non-challenge against Carolina where they could have gotten a, gotten the ball back, uh, gotten a fumble. He just let Carolina kick a field goal instead, and that allowed the game to go down to the wire as a one-score game. Um, and then last week, you know, Najee has the clear touchdown. Uh, stupid-ass Tomlin decides not to challenge for whatever stupid, retarded reason. Uh, and uh, then they fumble, and now you're, you know, your game with the Browns is in jeopardy. So it's just like... That's that's frustrating, and that's going to continue to be here for for the next uh, next who knows how many years. So you know the same undisciplined, stupid mistakes are going to be there. You know we can keep this keep this assistant coach carousel going, or we can kind of uh, you know try to get some stability and and see what it leads to. So I don't know. I at this point, you know, it's been almost a week, five days since since the Browns game. And Matt Canada is still the coach, is still the coordinator at this time. So I would expect him to to be back at this point if they haven't moved on, which I don't necessarily view as a negative thing. But like Steve said, definitely, definitely on the hot seat next year. And we'll see what kind of jump Kenny can make. I do have the Mike Tomlin Coach of the Year ticket at like, I, I'll win a lot. Um, I think it was like three thirty to one. I think it was like thirty to one. <clears throat> um, and I, I don't know. He could get some votes for coach of the year just out of his his career and his the, obviously the longevity of the winning record. And now he did it once without Big Ben, you know, with a Trubisky rookie quarterback combo and TJ Watt hurt. Uh, half the year so he did it without the defensive player of the year and without a franchise quarterback still ended up keeping his winning record streak alive I think that is worth mentioning him in coach of the year conversation but the challenge is 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 a huge flaw and it's more egregious than just you know typical uh in-game errors of coaching like I understand not every game's going to be coached perfect and decision making is subjective but the challenging i'm sitting at home not getting paid millions of dollars and i'm like holy fuck that's a touchdown challenge it so i, I don't understand i do not you know under- you have there's a there's a guy upstairs literally fucking I know. down to him I, saying I know. challenge it challenge it challenge it but no he just wants to be a fucking stupid asshole and and be too you know be you know he just fucking has this stupid attitude that like oh this is you know we're, we're gonna score anyways no it's the fucking nfl uh, anything can fucking happen you're not guaranteed one yard like and and you see what happens and obviously it's the if there's anything if there's one thing to cure your offensive woes of the past month expanded it's to play the browns and thankfully we got to play <laughs> the browns because and kenny still looked awful they're talking about oh kenny lit up the browns no he was 13 for 29 like he looked terrible made a couple good throws He's not turning the ball over, which is which is great because he was pro, like a lot at first. So that's a huge step in his development. Um, but yeah, Tomlin, I don't I don't understand the challenge thing. Some I, I don't remember who it was. 
some 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 famous analyst commentator on Twitter raised a good point, which he is going to be in the coach of the year conversation. Uh, I'm sure just based on the finish, but the, it was. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna be able to find the tweet, have, but it, they uh, said they said uh, you know they're they're reasoning against it. They're like, yeah, like he's he's going to be in the in the conversation, but why he shouldn't is it's like yes, he did a great job cleaning up the mess, but he cleaned up the giant mess that he created. So you know it it was it was poor coaching decisions that had gotten them into the the mess that they were in. Yeah, he did a good job kind of rallying the troops at the end and they the, the offense still stunk. They still had freaking one of the lowest scoring offenses in the league. I don't know what that last game did for their uh, offensive numbers. Bumped their points up a little bit. But it's just it's just the same it's the same it's the, it's the same thing just over and over again and it's frustrating. I don't understand it. So let's move on from the AFC North and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm obviously very excited for next season to see this is this is the transition year. Like I remember just a few years ago watching Josh Allen in the Bills and Josh Allen like in that wild card game doing stupid shit and not playing great, but I was like, oh wow, Josh Allen's gonna be a fucking stud and this Bills team's gonna get better every year. Uh, until they're, you know, a top top team in the AFC. And I don't have the same level of anticipation for the Steelers, but I'm like, ooh, the Steelers could take a step next year and be a playoff team with 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 friskiness to, oh, maybe they can make a little run here. I think that's our next step going into next year we'll see what happens uh and then mike tomlin though is terrible in the playoffs so let me let let's me move on just, just well just off of that segue let me say his playoff woes it's now been it'll be seven seasons ago since our last playoff win we've failed to win a playoff game in 10 of the past 12 years this is tomlin's sixth time missing the playoffs outright uh, their last two playoff games, two home playoff games, were 40-point losses to the Browns and to the Blake Bortles Jaguars. And so the only two seasons in the past 12 that they've won a playoff game, the wild card games, they played a backup quarterback. That's, yeah, your, that's your hashtag Mike Tomlin coach of the year. Coach of the decade. <laughs> yeah. I think, but, well, coach of the decades, Andy Reid. But the... Oh, yeah, I was saying that with a, a lot of sarcasm. The um, what going back to you talking about Josh Allen? That if we get a Chiefs Bills AFC Championship, which I on, I mean, I think we do. I don't know who in the AFC is going to beat those guys. Um, it will now. I was hoping. It's funny. I told some people kind of jokingly, but also kind of serious. I said, you know, if they because they had they're playing it at a neutral site based on the uh, the new adopted rules because of the uh, canceled game. It, so the game's going to be at a neutral site. I said, you know, they're both cold weather teams that play outside. I said they should just play the game in Cleveland. It's a city in the middle. It's outside, cold mm-hmm. weather, and it's the Pittsburgh only opportunity was on the menu. It's, it's the only opportunity Cleveland will ever get to host that game. I'm like, why not? Why not? Why not put it in Cleveland? <laughs> Which I I honestly thought I was like Cleveland kind of is realistic. Like you know, it's it's it, it obviously a lot closer to Buffalo, but still well, in what? between and colder, colder outdoor game, but. uh but they're playing it in Atlanta, 
which kind of stinks. You know, they're playing it far away from both, like obviously not even close to either of those cities. Um, and you lose somehow people old- have money. I don't know where everyone gets this money other yeah. than Chiefsaholic robbing banks. Uh, where people because that stadium's going to be packed to the brim with both of those fan bases. Oh, for so. Sure. so we're we're losing the cold game aspect of it, or you know, a, a the opportunity An outdoor. For like a, a yeah. snow game in Buffalo or whatever. But you also get Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in a dome, and that game is gonna that again that is gonna be you know that's gonna be an insane game to watch, like explosive plays all around. So that'll be that'll be a good one. Put that on your calendars. Yeah, I agree. Let's get into our segments. We got draw of the week. How'd you do last week, Danny? I did terrible. I'm doing so bad. I'm I'm crushing it with the uh, Ohio legalizing sports books. I am I am slaughtering everything except for soccer. I cannot hit a single soccer game. It's bad. I'm on a vicious cold streak. I've been betting a lot of draws and hitting none. It's been probably two months since I've hit one on the podcast. It's not been a not been a fun a fun ride here. Yeah, let's see. Uh Bologna and Atlantia Atalanta. God, I suck. Uh Atalanta won two to one. No draw. I I busted out too. It's kind of weird. It's kinda like um I don't really care about soccer right now at all because the World Cup's over and the NFL playoffs are starting. So, you know, I'm like, whatever. And we're just going to shoot from the hip here. My draw of the week is Tottenham Spurs and the Arsenal Gunners. They're like the primetime game this week for EPL. Two pretty good clubs, but never the best. And they will come to a uh, 1-1 draw. Like it. Like it. I do like that pick. Who's who? Is that Ar- Arsenal home or is it Tottenham? T- Tottenham home, yeah, I like it. I like it. I'd say Arsenal would get the dub at home, but but I like that pick. I'm also going to go Premier League. Oh, we got some Saturday action coming at you. I'm going Wolverhampton Wanderers, the Wolves, and West Ham United, the Hammers. Two of the bigger clubs in the in the Premier League, two of the richest clubs in the world that are near the bottom of the table that have no reason to be at the bottom of the table, but they stink. Um, so why not keep stinking together? Sounds like a draw. They, they stink so bad this year. It might be a zero-zero draw. They've both been struggling to score. Take I don't know how West there. Ham is so bad. West Ham's too got way too many good people to be that bad. Uh, I think Charlotte just got a guy from. Oh no, that that was from Newcastle. They got somebody from Newcastle. And and yeah, no, I'm not buying uh, any. Charlotte FC season tickets as I've, you know, basically all the homeowner uh, expenses are just starting to pile up now. And it's like, fuck, fuck my life. And so, yeah, I mean, it's okay because at least paying money to fix things around the house, like only benefits you. So I'm not like upset, but no more uh, fun money, no more, uh, Stupid shit. I definitely am not getting a PlayStation VR headset in, in the foreseeable future unless I win a bunch of bets. So that could that'd be if I if I hit it big on the Super Bowl this year, I'm buying that fucking VR headset. I digress. Let's move on to well, I 
Where do we go from here, Danny? Yeah, so Steve, the homeowner, uh, putting putting homo and homeowner that that segues us perfectly to the LGBTQIA plus player of the week, and it's another tough week. Tough week here. Uh, didn't have a lot to uh, to go with. Um, tough loss for the Bucks, uh, but they weren't really playing in anything, playing for anything. Um, you know, they had the division wrapped up. We're we're kind of locked into that four seed. So. Carl Nassib was inactive for another week, but he has since returned to practice and looks to be ready to uh, to play in the postseason. So there you go, Carl Nassib recovering from a pec injury. There's your LGBTQIA plus player of the week who should play in the playoffs. Yeah, let's get right into these wild card games, and I guess let's just briefly touch on that game. Bucks, Cowboys, Cowboys looked like absolute terrible dog shit in week 18 and really didn't look great uh, in about a month before that. So last five weeks, I don't think they've looked really good at all. And the Bucks are starting to put it together a little bit. Tom Brady's definitely in a better position than Dak right now. Playing better football, I should say, than Dak. I do think... I, I have the Bucks to lose the divisional round, so I basically already have, you know, the Bucks to win this game. So I might just stay away from that one and live bet it. But if I had to take a, a pick right now, I would just still stick with the Bucks at home. It does scare me that the the game is Monday night, eight PM and Dom Brady in primetime has been historically bad lately. And the Cowboys are typically much better in primetime spots. So that does scare me a little bit. I also think the under is a good play here. Um, run the ball. They're gonna, both teams are going to be trying to manage the clock, I think. What, what do you got for that one uh, quickly here? We'll touch on it. Yeah, one of, my, one of the picks I'm feeling strongly about, I'm, I'm taking the Bucks. Not even the cover. I, I would say money line at home. Definitely, you know, I'm not betting against Tom Brady at home in the playoffs. Regardless of how bad or inconsistent the Bucks have looked, Dallas looked awful last week playing a Washington team that was playing for nothing. So, yeah, I like the Bucks in this one. Well, I know there's a stat that's kind of brought up every start of the playoff year in the gambling world and brought up again this year that – Team playoff teams cover the team that wins covers the spread over 60% of the time. So the favorites that win, they also cover, or obviously there's there's quite a few underdogs winning outright, which obviously would, would allow the underdog to just cover. So if you like an underdog to cover you should probably take them to win with you saying that. However, this week is an outlier for that stat because we have two games with backup quarterbacks in three games with basically double-digit spreads. Pretty rare to see that that many lopsided spreads in a wildcard weekend. Usually it's just one game, and and now we have three this weekend. I'll get the easy one out of the way first. That's the Dolphins at Bills. If Skylar Thompson 
plays a playoff game in Buffalo, New York, the Miami Dolphins will not win that game. There is uh, absolutely no chance the Dolphins come away with a win against the Bills here. I do think that they have a chance to cover, though. 14 is a fuckload of points in the playoffs. But I would just stay away from this spread, and you got to kind of maybe just hope it's a tight game, and then you you can bet the Bills uh, live if you can get the Bills around the touchdown. Or maybe put the Bills in some parlays or teasers. But I wouldn't touch the Dolphins' side uh, pregame here. You got anything on this? There's really no other injuries. Uh, everyone else on both sides of the ball seems to be good to go other than uh, injuries that the players had already been out last week, week before. So it should be the squads they, they had. I don't even like the Dolphins to cover. I don't. I, I think this is going to be an absolute rout. Uh, they've been a completely different team without Tua, not in a good way. They've been just horrible. And if it's not Teddy B, then it's going to be bad. So it's this is going to be a Bills route. I'm taking the Bills to cover. I, th- I don't see any way they don't unless, you know, Josh Allen gets hurt or something like that. So Bills big. Uh, the only the way I do see the Dolphins being able to cover is just handing the ball off, running the ball, and the Bills typically play a smaller defense, uh, smaller linebackers, and they're more speed. So if the Dolphins can kind of beat them up on the line of scrimmage, win the line of scrimmage, I don't think that's going to happen, though, because, you know, I'm looking at this and two of their linemen didn't practice to uh, Wednesday, at least. Yeah. So as of today, Thursday, offensive tackle did not practice this week. The guard has not practiced this week. A lot of injuries on the offensive line for the Dolphins as well, which is not going to bode well for the run game or Skylar Thompson's health. So, yeah, it it really does make no sense for the Dolphins to keep this game close, but that's usually, you know, NFL, you're sitting there, playoffs even more unpredictable and wild than any other point of the season. So I would never count them out completely, but – uh, I already gave my strategy on that game. Let's move to the first game on the slate Saturday afternoon here. Seahawks at 49ers. 49ers looking real good on both sides of the ball. And the Seahawks looking very shaky on defense. Uh, mediocre slash inconsistent on offense. I do kind of like the 49ers to cover here. This one's tough too. I, I like both sides. I can't make a pick yet. I will. We will give out picks for all these games on Saturday uh, at Return to Play Pod on Twitter. Link will be in the description of the podcast. I'm sure most of you already know where we're at, though. Return to Play Pod on Twitter. We'll have the picks. You got what do you you got any picks for this game right now? I would lean. I mean, San Fran's going to win. They're hot. Um, I would lean Seattle to cover. I don't know why. It's, I wouldn't expect the spread to be as big as it is. I, I saw nine and a half last time I checked. You know, San Fran starting a rookie who's looked excellent, but it's a rookie quarterback in his first playoff start, nonetheless. Uh, you know, Seattle has been tough all year. Certainly the less talented team, but you know, division rivalry. Rookie QB, I don't I don't think it's going to be easy for San Francisco to cover that 10 points. I'm more with you. I just feel like 
most of the news cable and stuff has all kind of been on the 49ers. They should, you know, roll against this uh, Seahawks defense and shut down Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker. I'm more with you. I think it's nine and a half is too much. They're definite. The Seahawks are definitely going in a teaser for me, which would make the, it's a two touchdown game. I definitely love it to stay within two touchdowns here. Uh, Seattle can score some late points. Uh, they're going to, Pete Carroll is going to keep them engaged the whole, the whole 60 minutes. So we'll go to our third game here. We're, we're jumping around. We're going by the spread other than the, the Monday night game. So Ravens, Bengals, we, we didn't touch on this earlier, but you know, Lamar Jackson not playing this week, not going to play at all then this year. Sounds like him and Derek Carr are already on the free agency market. Or, or no, sorry, Carr is still technically under contract. But yeah, but they that, they basically said you know if they don't get if they can't deal him, they're just going to cut him. So they can't cut him. They're they're going to dot drown in cap dead yeah, cap. They're, they're going to do it. Wow, they're stupid. Yeah, very. Well, very that stupid. makes sense. That makes sense because Mark Davis probably doesn't want to actually pay. Right now, he's broke with the whole thing about having to buy the buy the team from his mom. He needs all the cash he can get right now. He can't be paying Derek Carr. He'd rather just have the dead cap. Well, they'll still have to pay his guarantees, but I don't know. That that Vegas seems to be in uh, shambles, so we'll see. Anyway, Ravens, they're down to maybe Tyler Huntley's coming back, but if not, they're down to a nobody who's going to get his ass blown out here by the the Bengals, who are definitely believing in themselves and focused on getting back to the Super Bowl again this year. They're hungry. Uh, I like Bengals nine and a half, but honestly, if I would take the Ravens right now, because I think if it's they're saying Tyler Huntley's going to play, I think that line comes back down to like eight, eight and a half, and you could be getting like a point and a half middle or, you know, just getting some value right now with the Ravens. But, man, that's going to be tough if that uh, if that third-string guy's in there for them to score even, you know, 10 to 14 points. I agree. If it's Anthony Brown, it's going to be Bengals all day. I think if Huntley, if Huntley comes back, I like – the I like that them to cover that nine and a half. I think it's kind of it's the same thing that I that I talked about in the last one division rivalry. It'll be a you know a tough fought game. Ravens aren't going to back down. That one kind of just depends on the quarterback situation. But I'm assuming Huntley's going to be out there. So I actually I like I like the Ravens here at the moment and the under. That's what I that's why we were talking about pre show the 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 spread and the over under on this game do not really match up. It's a low total of 40 and a half points, but they're saying the Bengals are going to win by 10 or more, which means they're thinking Bengals 30 Ravens 10, like Bengals 28 Ravens 10 is kind of like the best case scenario score to meet both of those Vegas lines. And so, well, no, that would be, duh, that would be 20. So yeah, it would be like uh 28, 14. That still wouldn't cover. So see, it's, uh, in my head, it doesn't make sense. It's not adding up. The math isn't math. And so 
give me the under and give me the Ravens plus 10. That's just how this feels like it's going to go. Divisional playoff game here. So let's move on to the (laughs) – let's just bounce right back to Saturday. And that's the Chargers at the Jaguars. Chargers fucking so stupidly played everybody in a completely meaningless game. Staley said it was for momentum and for to keep their rhythm. I understand that, but they do not need to play all 60 minutes to keep their rhythm. Like you wouldn't, that's not how people think about the preseason. Why would it be how you think about week 18? You should have been just playing everybody for one quarter or maybe till halftime. And then, okay, let's focus on, let's just focus on getting our other talent evaluated we've we've earned that luxury to spend a half of football in week 18 evaluating our deeper roster here so stupid fucking coaching do you have any different thoughts on that no you're right on it i I like the jaguars at home i'm taking the i'm taking the, the home dog um jaguars are hot Chargers are you know, banged up a little bit. If Mike Williams can't go, that's a huge blow. Uh, some kind of back injury, not giving out a lot of details, but he still isn't practicing as of Thursday. So I don't think Mike Williams is going to be out there. Yeah, and I mean, I and, and I like that they played the starters. But like Steve said, you know, you play them, you 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 know, give them a few drives, maybe a half. But you, you the, the fact you know. Especially in a tough fought like division game when Denver wasn't laying down, like Denver wanted to win that game, they wanted to go out in a high note. They were they were playing full throttle. It's like, all right, pull the plug, get your guys out, get to next week healthy, and and they did not. So, Chargers, I don't know what's going on, but I I like the upset here. I'm taking the hot team at home. I like the over over forty seven and a half. Yeah, shootout shootout coming. So then. Uh, Danny, you're definitely better off taking the Jaguars to win at plus 120 because typically teams cover and win in the playoffs here. <clears throat> so that would be a good a good game to meet that statistic that criteria because as is both teams pretty much completely healthy playing each other uh, minus Williams. One last game here. It's the Giants and the Minnesota Vikings. Everybody loves the Giants. My lock of the week is the Minnesota Vikings minus three. It's just a gut pick. It's a gut feeling. Everybody's saying Giants are healthy. Minnesota's banged up. Giants are going to run the football on the on the Vikings, and uh, it's going to be uh, who you know a time of possession contest basically but what they don't account for is Kirk Cousins is one playing at 430 so we're right in that sweet spot there he's still going to be all right he's not in full-on <laughs> primetime mode and they've got Justin Jefferson who's the best player on the field as I still like the Vikings Danny what do you think about this game I know you're big on Saquon I just don't see them over over matching the Vikings here. Yeah, this is a Vike for Vike Vikings first playoff appearance in in the past four years. So I, you know, this is um 
I, I have a free bet on one of my one of one of the seven sports books I'm using, but yeah, I already have have the Vikings in this one. I think uh, obviously I'm rooting for the Giants. I want Saquon to go off and the Giants to win, but you know a lot of inexperience on that side, on both sides. But you know if you look if you just stack up the rosters, Minnesota's the much more talented team, better quarterback play, more explosive weapons. You know. Justin Jefferson, I'm sure, is just going to go off. I'm taking the home team here. And a low spread, I'm taking Minnesota to cover. Yeah, now I will save sharp money, heavy sharp money on the Giants uh, to the tune of 46% difference between the bet slips and the money. I love on- to hear it. Like I said, I would love for the Giants to win. I just That's not what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I I don't see it. I don't know now. It's so weird because before the market, like the tickets and the the money numbers were so important to look at. But now with it being legalized in so many more states, it's not like people are only betting in Vegas and in Atlantic City. That was like kind of the only two places a bunch of bets were being placed now. Now with Ohio, that's like another 20 million people in that state. Uh, I don't know what that's doing to the the math here and the algorithms for what's sharp and what's not. So, guys, think about this. You you got, with Ohio, you and almost everyone else I know that's still in Ohio was just firing off bets because it's new, it's exciting, and it was much anticipated. Now think of people that make 10 times more money than us they're what they're doing with the same attitude and thoughts you know so those those big bets that kind of swing the numbers and sw- those might be coming in now from people who are just like fuck it it's the NFL playoffs this is the first time I can bet or I'm in a state that just recently legalized it I'm going to put $10,000 on you know one of these games so I don't know how much of that's going on. That's just a little tangent uh, tidbit thought. What I do know from experience of of the NFL playoffs is pretty much whatever you think is going to happen, exact opposite's going to happen. And you're going to be sitting there watching this game thinking, how in the fuck did what I think was going to happen didn't even come close to happening? And and what the fuck is going on? And then the entire game is going to swing back in your favor and you're like, oh, I knew it all along. I'm sharp. And then you'll lose your bet in the last three minutes of the game. That's typically how the NFL playoffs go. We'll see how I do this year. Uh, best of luck to you, Danny, and everyone else out there. Join these playoffs. What do you, What else do you got? Do you got anything else for us? Congrats to to Big Grande Steve, back to back greasy gambling champion. Couldn't couldn't catch him. Strong strong finish of the year, but couldn't catch up. I'm the captain. We we definitely as the as a podcast we finished a few games above 500, even no. including even including Jim. So me and me and Steve carried carried <laughs> some weight, especially in the latter half of the year. If you if you the second half of the season, off the top of my head, I don't know what we were, but we were me and you both crushed it because you went seventeen and four across that like two month span, and I was I was below five hundred the first half, and so I you know I crushed it at the end. 
So we uh yeah, we put a hurting on it that that second half. Yeah, in hindsight, if you were to just bet Danny and I's picks and then fade Jimmy, and if you faded his locks, going like multiple unit fading his locks, I mean he went five and thirteen in his locks. So I went ten and eight, Danny nine and nine. So if you fade Jimmy's locks, and I will see what he did last year for his locks, uh, you would be a very very uh, rich person. It's funny how our locks, all of us, we had we did worse on our locks than we did on our actual picks. Like we had a worse percentage. Yeah. Uh, let's not talk about the locks last year. <laughs> I went six and twelve in my locks last year. Yeah, you won. But, you won the picks, but you lost the locks, and I I slaughtered the locks, but I sucked at the picks. It was weird. Yeah, I I went twenty nine and twenty five last year. Uh, this year was like thirty twenty two and two. Oh uh, yeah, so technically I'm up eight eight units. I would be up eight units on my picks if you did one unit for each pick. You might be up like around 10 units if you did two units for my lock. So if you followed me year round, I'd, Steve I did Steve's been the gambling king. I'll, I'll give it to him. He's good at these spreads. I guess. I, I don't did, see it. I did win one fantasy league this year. Wow. I don't know hey. if I ever, ever touched on that. The only, one, the only one that I didn't automatically get bounced in the first round. I would have won my I would have won one of my leagues if I was the two seed instead of the one seed. Oof. I beat the kid week 18 to get the one seed over him. So that hurts. Dude, that, I that, playing, the dude I was playing in the ship had a uh, had Josh Allen too, but I was up like 90 points my team. I had Eckler, I had Mike Evans. I freaking that team was good. Eleven and three had the one seed, coasted, coasted to the to the ship. Uh, nice. I do want to get involved in a dynasty league. I'm still not in a dynasty league. And then I, how, how we did that situation with my other league was they took it was basically it was Jamar Chase and James Cook versus T Higgins with us with T Higgins plus six points. So we just ran it back the next week, only counting the week 18 scores for all those players. And then, you know, Chase Chase had a much better game than Higgins. So that person ended up winning, which is which was the one of three females in the league. So she got the belt there, the trophy. Uh, good for her. Commissioner's wife, I don't know if there was any collusion involved, but I certainly wouldn't put it past them. Uh, actually, no, he said he doesn't want her to win. That's, that's emasculating. So I hope you enjoyed listening to us this year, this 2022, 2023 NFL and college football season, college football and NFL. We'll be back next year to cover all that. We're going to keep doing shows throughout the postseason here, and we're going to try again to do shows throughout the off season and not just fall off a cliff. We'll see. If you have any suggestions for us, please let us know at return to play at return to play pod on the Twitter. That cesspool of a website. Stay off of Twitter. And if you stay off of Twitter and all the social medias, you might not catch us, but you'll 
be doing a good job at staying healthy, America.